Hey everyone, before we get into the episode, Matt and I wanted to tell you about a quick competition that we are having with a few other filmmaking podcasts where we are seeing who can get the most iTunes review for the month of May. So if you want to help us win a competition, then please leave us an iTunes review. It can be positive, it can be incredibly negative, whatever you want. Leave us an iTunes review in the month of May, from May 1st to May 31st. So help us out. Our self-esteem depends on it. Hey, welcome to the 160th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patron Pablo Gallo. I'm Warren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enlo. Today we have Kendall Goldberg. She's the director of When Jeff Tried to Save the World. She's got a ton of awesome insight about what it takes to make that first feature. She started working on her movie when she was 19 in film school at Chapman. And also we talk about how Kendall got some big names attached to her very first feature, including John Heater, Napoleon Dynamite himself. I'm also personally like very inspired by how she came up with the idea for her movie because you know I, I think a lot of times we try to like look for that stroke of genius but she kind of just figured it out she's an awesome inspiration she just went and shot it she's going to tell us all about everything she learned and then some but before we get to that or let's talk a little bit about our patreon our patreon page patreon.com slash just shoot a pod is where you can go to throw a little bit of cash our way and get some cool rewards and also show your support for the show your money goes towards things like paying jay our editor who edits every single episode goes towards website maintenance and all that other stuff all the stuff that you can imagine it costs money to do on a podcast and so uh it's a great way to show your support also hat update merch oh, yeah. update i tweeted out about how i wanted hats and uh, a listener curtis tweeted back we've been trading emails oren did you see he sent us some uh some hat, some, some hat designs. Those are yeah. actuals. They're, he's going to mail them over to us. It's pretty cool. Man, we got listeners in the hat business. In the hat biz. That's going to be a thing that you get at a certain tier, basically. Oh, cool. Yes, let's do that. You know, the show is growing thanks to uh, the money that you are submitting to us. And it's um, genuinely appreciated. And we're trying to figure out fun ways for you to kind of show your support. It's really awesome. And it, it makes a big difference to us. And I mean, in a way, it does help keep the show going. Uh, seeing that kind of like excitement about our show yeah without a doubt well without further ado let's hop into our conversation with kendall goldberg kendall goldberg welcome to just shoot it thank you thanks for having me um you made the movie i'm I'm gonna mess it up if i try so jeff really wants to save the world no close jeff already wanted to save the world when jeff tried to save the world (laughs) When, when Jeff tried to save the world. When Matt and Oren tried to oh boy. say the name right. <laughs> Kendall, can you give us uh, the logline for your movie? Yeah, it's uh, about a manager of a bowling alley that tries to save it from going out of business. Cool. Perfect. And I read that you wanted to set your movie in a bowling alley, and then you kind of figured out the character from that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I Is like... That- I mean, in the past, that's kind of how I've come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. I've I've thought about a location that stood out to me, and for no reason other than the fact that I thought it was cool, um, I was like, let's make a movie in a bowling alley. I told my writing partner, um, I don't think there was any specific moment or anything that made me, th- I just, that's what happened. And mm-hmm. then we, we, we were like, okay, what kind of characters come in and out of a bowling alley who you know, mm-hmm. spends the most time there. And then where does, where does the conflict come from? So then we were like, okay, a manager has a lot of control, but doesn't have their name on the lease. So like 
that's where like right. some conflict could come in and right. it, it just and spiraled. Can only get nine pins down. Yeah. You know, he doesn't he even bowl once in the film. Oh, really? Oh, really? That's yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Saving that it's, not a, it's not a bowling movie. That's called smart producing. No, yeah. Not wasting time yeah. waiting for the ball to go yeah. all the way down that lane. We did have to do that for Jim O'Hare's character, though. Oh. We had to film a strike, and oh, boy. <laughs> oh. We, were, we were there way later than we thought just we'd be. Get a, just get a real tight insert just yeah. <laughs> well that's what we did but like it was like a dolly on the lane oh, and yeah. the lanes are all greasy so like sure, sure. you have to like wipe it down to a degree and then you have to the dp was the one like mm-hmm. dropping the ball in front of the camera as we like push in and i mean it took like 20 20 something times to get Wait, right. so you're giving me flashbacks of big lebowski yeah behind the scenes what mm-hmm. i think they oh, have like little robo cars to yeah. get those shots yeah, yeah. Exactly. Wait, is it a regular dolly um, yeah, we just put like a fisher on the on the lane. Whoa. And they didn't care? They didn't mind? Well, oh. You had like rubber Dale, wheels or something? Dale. Shout out to Dale, the owner of the bowling alley, who literally opened up his home to us and let us like live there and do whatever we wanted. Um, we were respectful, of course. But uh, no, it was socks or bowling shoes. Wow. We like degreased the lane first, but. Gotcha. Yeah. First, we should also mention John Hedder. Heater, John Heater. Yeah. I bet he's so mad at me already. Good way to remember is like you want to stay away from the cold. You use a John Heater. Yeah. So John Heater is kind of your your main character. He's Jeff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there are kind of two obvious questions, right? Um, how'd you get John? We'll we'll answer that one second. Um, but where's this bowling alley, and how did you get it? So flashback to I was in college I want to say like a sophomore or junior by the time I started looking for bowling alleys at Chapman film yes, school at Chapman right um and all of my my people that I imagined shooting we would shoot the film together were at Chapman so I was like oh you know we're around LA or greater LA SoCal area so my natural instinct was to look for a bowling alley there <clears throat> and um did you go to I, your Belinda that's my hometown and they have a bowling alley, and it's pretty close to Do Chapman. you know what it's called? Cause I think I, it's called, like, Your Belinda Bowl. I think I did go, yeah. I have them all starred on my Google Maps, like, all the bowling <laughs> so you, alleys. So if you're driving by, you're like, oh. Yeah. But so my friend um, Grayson and I got in his little, his minivan, and we drove, uh, you know, every, like, weekend for, like, a long time like several months we yeah. drove around looking at bowling alleys scouting bowling alleys some people would let us in some people wouldn't um some would let us in and say no photos which was like well, like it was like no one was there why can't we take any photos it's a bowling alley um so anyway like i i spent a long time looking for the perfect bowling alley with the perfect feel something that wouldn't cost us a fortune and our whole budget um and I went to about 36, 37 mm-hmm. in and around Los Angeles. And then. And you already had a budget, like a, a number in mind of how much you wanted to make the movie for? Yeah. I didn't have the money, but I had the number but in mind. You were like, okay. I bet I could get this much money going. Yeah. Was I was it? like, yeah. I did so many budget passes and I had like eight different people I knew, like who had more knowledge than I had at the time, like do a pass of the budget for me. Um, and it was always around the same number that I had originally said when I started working on it. Um, and yeah, so then like I went home for winter break, I think like my junior year of college and was like pretty bummed I hadn't found a bowling alley yet. Mm-hmm. We did actually, I don't know if I've told this story recently, but we we did find one bowling alley in somewhere around LA, can't remember exactly where. And they were like, you can shoot here, um, but 
we're closing the place in July or in August. So you'd mm. have to shoot June or July. And I was like, oh my God, we got to like get the money, get everything together. And they were like, you just can't, it's very secretive. You can't tell anybody that we're closing because none of the employees mm-hmm. and none of the regulars knew, which I was like, oh, that's kind of weird because that's like our, that's our story is like John's character, <laughs> Jeff tries to keep it from, or he wants, he it wants to brutal. tell the employees and right. then the, the owner's yeah. like, no, let's keep it from them. So yeah, we went, we, you know, there was a point in time where I was like, can we get everything together fast enough? But it didn't happen. And then I went home over winter break. You, you sent an email to all the employees and been like, hey. Yeah, I was like, you guys. Just letting you know. You might want to. You better look for other jobs. Yeah. yeah. Also, stay <laughs> tuned. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went home. I went to like three bowling alleys in Chicago. Um, the third and final one I went to was the place. Dale took me around, showed me everything. Um, and I like, I knew it. Like I, I have, I found, I was editing our behind the scenes footage yesterday. And I found a video of me like, basically just like crying, spinning around on the lanes, like filming myself looking like an idiot. <laughs> Cause I was like, this is, I found it. You did it. Place. You found yeah. it. What made this bowling, what made bowling alley 39 or 40 or whatever it was like special? Like what were you looking for? I mean, first of all, I was looking for something that had the right size. Mm-hmm. Um, because I knew that like with a limited budget and with like the world that I wanted to create, like it would be better to have something that's kind of like condensed and not like a 40 lane double-sided bowling alley, which is like Chateau 39 sure. in like yeah, yeah. in Koreatown, you know, which I go all the time. It's amazing. Um, but I needed something smaller, um, but not too small. I found bowling alleys with like eight lanes, too small. I wanted it to feel like worn down, sort of like very lived in, but like in a in a good way. You it's know? next to the Chuck E. Cheese, basically. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a family yeah. place, character. not like a lucky yeah. strike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so when I walked into this place, not only did it smell like cigarettes and beer and mm-hmm. just like had that feeling, but. What's the spray they put in the shoes? Like Lysol or something? Yeah, yeah it's something. like shoe spray. I yeah, just yeah. call it shoe spray. I don't know if it has a name. <laughs> smelled a lot of that while I was there. It's, it's um, just water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. It's, it's actually air. sweat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it was really cool because when he took me behind the pin setting machines, he showed me like carvings of people who used to work there in the 50s or mm-hmm. 60s when there were no machines. Like they were the machines. Right. What? Yeah. yeah. And it yeah, was yeah. crazy. Hand yeah. Pin yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Which, no, which for our premiere, um, by the way, we did a premiere in Chicago, our after party, we went to a bowling alley that was like, um, men in the back like yeah, yeah. setting up the pins and then like a lady like writing down the score and yelling at you <laughs> instead of getting like being a newsie you would like set pins right yeah uh-huh and um and the other crazy thing i had a concept art drawn by this concept artist i went to school with and it was the exact same layout which if you've been to bowling as you know they're all very different and you know they have similar things like an arcade but like they're all placed in different areas and yeah, there's a lot of variety, but this is exactly the same. Just so. exactly what so you manifested it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I want to ask, actually, um, what do you say to the owner, the small business owner of uh, a place like this where you need to, like, really inhabit the space for, like, days and days, right? And you have no relationship with this person, yeah. right? Right. You're, like, no relationship. Them, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, and not even that. Like, I just walked in and, like, hoped that he was there. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's something special about shooting in Chicago and, and 
you know, a suburb of Chicago, a small town. Um, they're not like jaded by the film industry sure. yet. They're like, oh, you're making a movie. Right. right. So that was another big thing is like, eventually I changed my mind. I was like, I want to go home and shoot this because I know that I have a lot of resources there, family, family, friends, sure. everybody who will lend a hand because the Midwest is just great and yeah. everyone wants to help. Um, but also like they just don't, they don't get a lot of movies shooting around there. Right. So, um, you know, that was part of the draw. It was like, oh yeah, we're shooting a movie in your business. And then on top of that, it was like, he was a huge, Dale is a huge Napoleon Dynamite fan. Oh, and he rad. also loves Jim O'Hare, Parks and Rec. Um, so that helped, of course. Oh, yeah. Did you have John attached while you were? Honestly, I can't remember um, exactly how it went down. I just remember at a point I mentioned that to, I must have, because I, I mentioned it to Dale. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, done. Um, yeah. But like, you know, it was, it was hard because I, I kept having to say, if we shoot this here, like I'm going to need to close down your business for like two weeks, like two, two and a half weeks. Like, but can't you do like day shoots and we, open it up at night? We could, but I was like, the way I want to do this is like production design. I, I just want to have everything there. And I think it would be really, really difficult. I mean, we could we, to move in and out, right yeah. to move in and out. So he was really generous with that and was like soft wrap every night, except for one. There was like some police officer league mm-hmm. one night we had to like shove everything into a closet. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, he was great. And another thing that happened was, well, we can talk more about this, but I did shoot a proof of concept for it with the same cast in mm-hmm. the same bowling alley a year before I shot the feature. Fascinating. And yeah. I was really worried that he was, because he was so excited for us to be there. And it was only a four-day shoot, but I was so worried that we were going to totally ruin it. Yeah, once you realize, like, oh, wait, oh, man. Yeah, he's like, like, this is what a film Like a bunch is. of like, people with all this heavy machinery totally. in my livelihood like yeah. my place of business yeah it would be easy to get scared off you know that's what i was yeah. afraid was gonna happen so like every every morning i was like guys be super respectful like we always have to clean ourselves like don't don't, don't walk, on walk the past lanes. that line yeah, the exactly. foul line <laughs> unless you're wearing bowling shoes like i was like very serious about it but then like the day we wrapped or the day after dale texted me he's like when are you guys coming back for the feature and cool. it was like he had so much fun that's cool. yeah. yeah that's really rad is and the, uh, the, the bowling alley probably says like uh as seen in they do he has posters all over he has like signed bowling pins yeah and we have like photos he's newspaper clippings it's great it's been kind of a while since we've had a filmmaker on who does who did the um we call it like the hometown feature Mm -hmm. right it's like that you're in that little grace period where like you're still like kind of in or around school you know so like cash isn't necessarily quite as pressing you know you're used to being broke and like you can get a, a crew together and kind of like go to Chicago for a little bit. Um, did you did you end up bringing your Chapman friends along or how did that work? I did, yeah. I, I couldn't bring as many as I wanted to, but I brought my DP, my um, script supervisor, my key grip. Um, my dolly grip was, he didn't go to Chapman, but he was like, he's from LA and he's mm-hmm. a friend. Um, my steady cam op. Yeah. Production uh, designer. No, and everyone else was Chicago. Everyone else, I mean, Chicago has great crew. Right. But it's a great hometown to have, I yeah, suppose, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. And um, but there were just some people that I went to school with who were like, you know, my best friends and and so utter, utterly talented that I wanted them to be a part of it. Um, so I'm my hometown is Orange County in Orange County. Oh, okay. And I always think of Orange County as a place that's like it's right next to L.A., but nobody shoots there. Have you ever shot in Orange County? Mm-mm. Except um, all Chapman films. Well, right. So that, I was curious about that when you said that, yeah. like, people in this area are like jaded about film yeah. shoots. You found find that to be true in Orange County, also. 
Yes and no. I think especially when you say it's a student film, they're like, um, like we have this database for Chapman that's like a list of locations that have just been totally, they're off the table at this point. Because oh, like cool. so <laughs> many films I've shot <laughs> at this list. house. Yeah. Really and then funny. there's like also a list of like, you know, this film guy loves, yeah, yeah, he like welcomes, you know, film students. So, I mean, it's a hit or miss really. I mean, generally people are pretty nice and open to it. The city of Orange is not great to oh, us. Really? Oh, yeah. Because um, we're in the like the town of Orange in Orange right. County, and yeah, Chapman itself, which is really weird, but Chapman University does not let us shoot on campus very easily, which is just what? So ridiculous. Yeah, like when there's like full sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, you need just run around with cameras and everything. All it's a big, it's a big process. Yeah, they're trying to like teach you the yeah. right way to do it. Right. Oh come on, yeah. I know. So annoying. Yeah, it's it kind is. of a bummer. Yeah. but it's but when you do get to shoot there, it's free. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. I guess I think it's like real fascinating how you came up with like the location first idea. Like I've definitely heard of people saying my friend Maddie Samita, who I doubt listens to, this, to the podcast, but he um, he said like his way he generates ideas is he like writes a list of worlds he wants to explore. So his dad was a watercress farmer in um, Hawaii. Huh. Whoa. And he's like, I always want to, you know, sure, set a yeah. movie that takes place on a watercress farm. And he was like really into football in high school, but he was like the president of the chess club or something. And so he has a story about like the president of the chess club becoming like the strategic, like offense coordinator or something for the football team. Like right. kind of, and then, you know, you hear from other people that's like all about character, 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 character first. But well, I you find still have it, to have a good character. It's just, where does the seed start? Right. I, I just mean, assumed you, your like, dad owned a bowling alley or something. That's what most people right? said. Like, yeah. everyone in the Q&A. Yeah, why not her mom? We're like, or her mom. Or my mom, yeah. yeah. Or my sister. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. wrong with kids <laughs> owning bowling family. alleys? what I'm saying. Um, everyone in the Q&As for, like, our, all of our festival screenings, like, I mean, obviously this question makes complete sense, but everybody asks, like, what's your affiliation to bowling? Did you grow up bowling? Mm-hmm. Like, does somebody in your family own a bowling? I was like, no, I don't, honestly, I don't know. It just happened. And like, I Did guess- Did you like to bowl? Not particularly. <laughs> now I, mean, I do. It is, it is kind of odd that you chose a bowling alley. Oh, for sure. I, mean, I don't doubt there's that. There's a cool aesthetic to it, right? Yeah. Like that can be the answer, you know? Yeah, I mean, now I, I spend a lot of time in bowling alleys. <laughs> like the last three years of my life have just been like bowling, bowling. People invite me bowling all the time because they know I'm going to want to go. I'm thinking about starting a league in, yeah. the, in the fall. But so you but you weren't like at a bowling alley and you were like, oh, I think it would be cool to set a movie here. Because that's like whenever I go to the dentist, I'm always like, you know, it's like one of the rare times in my life when I'm just like in my head thinking and like I have no screen to look at or anything. And I'm like, Oh, this I scene think about that of too. the pain and like the discomfort. Like I want to make a movie about this. I always think about my dad is my dentist. And I always oh, think about when I'm like back in the chair. I mean, he's like, like there's a dental hygienist cleaning my teeth. Right. And I like, you can just, there's this point of view shot of like them mm-hmm. like digging tools yeah, into your mouth. Yeah, so good. Wait, right? you yeah. guys wear a GoPro when you go to the dentist, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Strap one to my chest, yeah. one to my forehead. Yeah, 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 I just eat mine actually. It's like <laughs> my, uh, it's like my dash cam, my dentist <laughs> dash cam, in case anything freaky yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, I was at the dentist once and she was like filling a cavity or something and she goes, oops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was like, like that's like the number one thing your dentist shouldn't say. You don't want to hear that. Yeah. yeah, it's funny you say that about the like locations thing because that's happened in the past. That's how I've come up with ideas. But now, like the next few things I'm doing, 
not like that at all. Didn't think about a location. I call them glimmers, really. They're like just little glimmers of an idea. Like mm-hmm. you have, you close your eyes, you see like a young boy in like a sushi restaurant. Yeah, yeah. You like, get an impression, like yeah. a little something, yeah. a little glimmer. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I've had that image for like a long time. The kid I at the sushi done shop. Yet. Yeah, like a young boy, like with the like headband on, like behind mm-hmm. the counter, like working at a sushi shop. I had a, one time I was driving and I like stopped at a stop sign and there was like this like older Asian lady with like a stick, like a walking, like a walking blind stick and like a little girl, it must've been like seven or something. And like she was walking and the, she was, the little girl was like holding her hand. And then, um, and then the like older woman gave her walking stick to like the little girl. Like I'd, I had just assumed that the little girl was walking with like her blind grandma, but it was like uh-huh. actually an old woman walking with her like blind granddaughter or something like showing her how to use the stick and i was like i feel like there's a story there yeah for sure anyway i'm going to in and out um but i feel like yeah those glimmers do happen um now do i get to ask my john header okay yeah whatever you cast john header you before you started you asked how to pronounce his last name i said so far (laughs) you guys i'm so bad at this matt's a little under the weather i'm like okay allergies and colds you know yeah everyone is is dying to know this is your first feature had you graduated film school yet or no um when i was i started production right after i graduated yeah yeah so you're like in prep you're like in development as you're a student yeah like everyone's like oh my god i'm so jealous how did it happen (laughs) how did you you take going like taking math tests and English classes oh, at the God, same no. time. Oh my God, I finished that my freshman year. <laughs> yeah, they don't I make don't you do any test. real school in film school, man. Yeah. Film <laughs> school, like the, there's no real classes? I mean, I finished. Yeah. I came in with credits. Yeah. I was like decently smart. Like, you don't have to take any math classes for sure. I had to like, do what? like one. Yeah. But, and then like a science GE. I took like five history classes oh, and I was God, an engineering that's major. Horrible. How is that? Okay. Yeah, you should have taken film history classes. Yes, yeah. that's why they call me yeah. well-rounded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing to do with my belly. No, I know. I mean, like, those classes do make you more well-rounded. All I did was, like, watch movies. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so while you were watching movies, um, you were also In getting a hold of uh, movie stars, right? So how did that happen? Yeah. Well, John specifically, um, we had enough seed money from... Uh, like potential investors that then like invested in the future um, to hire a casting director, which I thought was a necessity. Mm-hmm. I have now learned uh, from my experiences that maybe it's not as much as I thought to if cast you, the leads. If um, you're going to just to offers, yeah, it's not. Yeah, no, totally. And that's yeah. what we ended up doing. But right. to start, we had this casting director on board and he set up um, auditions. So John came in and auditioned one day yeah. and his agents just read the script and were like, Hey, we'd love for him to come in. That's so interesting though, because you know, you hear the rumors about him in particular and there's a handful of other actors out there that are like, yeah, I want to do indies. I want like, you know, nothing's too small. Like, let me go do it. Like I'm going to take a chance on yeah. filmmakers. This is right. That's how we got to start. Right. So well, it makes sense. Right. Exactly. This is, I mean, it's kind of weird. Cause like the more I hear his story, about Napoleon, the more I'm like, this kind of mirrors me because mm-hmm. they all were film students together at BYU and they made it like right after they graduated and it was a short first. Mine wasn't a short, it wasn't meant to be a short first, but mm-hmm. theirs was like Peluca, the short, 
and then like they jared has transformed it into napoleon but it was just like a really similar story and so like yeah he took he took a chance on me for sure yeah but i had not seen napoleon dynamite when he came in oh awesome my two producers at the time um were like friends from chapman were helping me get it started (laughs) and um they of course loved napoleon and Mm -hmm. i i knew him from blaze of glory Mm -hmm. but that was really my like john hater film yeah yeah um i always say it's kind of nice to not know the thing that makes a person famous because you're not starstruck at all you're not like oh my god napoleon just walked in yeah 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 and john is just like a really cool guy he came in he he auditioned i think i remember just being like we should just i mean we had like three more days left of auditions i was like let's just cancel him because i think he's the guy so I don't remember exactly how, but I got in touch with him either through his agents or they gave me his email or something and just started talking to him and I said, I'd love to offer you the role, but like, we don't, we're not ready yet. Like we, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously we just did, we didn't have the money that we needed. I think he knew that. I mean, he, he knows how independent films work. Mm -hmm. He's done a lot, um, since Napoleon and, uh, he was like, sure, just keep me updated. And if my schedule allows when, when you're shooting, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. So I was like, great. So we kind of like, I tried to like form a friendship with him um, very easy because he's a very likable guy. Sure. And we just like went to lunch, bonded over Marvel movies. He, it's funny, I just like talked to him earlier today, but he, um, it's like a family man. He just does what he wants. Like he's, yeah. they li- he, he's kind of removed from, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. I respect it. He's got four kids, like living his life. He probably did pretty well on Napoleon. I hope so, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, know the numbers. Definitely, they renegotiated. Yeah. yeah. When you canceled your the rest of your auditions, did you have other people as famous as John coming in? There were a couple on the schedule, and I want to say like literally a couple, like two, mm-hmm. and both of those guys canceled because of a shoot that came up or some gig or something. Mm-hmm. So, no. <laughs> other than that no yeah yeah but, yeah. but they, they were you know on the list right, when you're kind of right. like first pitching names yeah you know? definitely yeah. recognizable faces for sure um and everyone was great and it was like my first experience doing like real real casting you know yeah, i yeah. mean cast for my student films but that's diff- different it's a different scale and yeah it was, it was a really interesting experience and he was not the first person i cast but he was pretty much the only person i cast through auditions i kind of had they reminded me of this too. I kind of had Maya and Anna. Do you guys know Maya and Anna? Uh, Maya Erskine and Anna. Con- yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I kind of had them like audit. Like their agents, I guess, reached out. I knew who they were. Their agents reached out. I had coffee with them first, and then like I had them send in a, a self tape. Um, Wait. So how their agents reaching out? How does that happen? It must. I I think it was they were Gersh. John's Gersh. I think the script was just a Gersh. Mm-hmm. We had a, like most of our talent was Gersh. Yeah. There was a time where we were talking to Gersh about packaging the film. Mm-hmm. They were gonna, um, you know, whatever that means, package sure. our film. They didn't really do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, you kind of got it for free, basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they sent you all of their clients. Yeah. Okay, so bowling alley. You just wanted to shoot in bowling alley, and then, um any reason why you wanted to make your main character like a late 30s year old dude yeah um i guess i didn't really realize until later on like after i was like making the film that i just it was what was what my writing partner and i wrote together so it wasn't like a conscious decision and is your writing partner a 30 year old dude no she is my age um we went to high school together uh we guess i guess we just like kind of chose 
the physical form that was like kind of most different from us at the time. Um, but I put like a lot of myself into the character and didn't really realize that until later until like really we, till I was editing, I was like, Oh, this is me in a lot of ways. Like the character is, you know, afraid of change. Like when he finds out the bowling alley is closing, like the rug is getting ripped out from under him and he, you know, doesn't know what to do. Does he try and, you know, work against this or does he embrace it? And that was like kind of what I was dealing with in my life was like, change and just learning how to embrace that and um knowing that like life doesn't always go the way you plan sure um yeah i know bo burnham like got you know he made right yeah a movie about like a young like a it's the same thing girl yeah. and everyone's like why would you why write this so movie really, yeah. Dude, squaresville is about two teen girls and i would get so that's my web series kindle um, <laughs> i've heard of it no, no, oh really kidding. yeah oh, right on. yeah it, um it did uh, pretty well back in the day where can i watch it uh, on youtube youtube.com okay. slash okay. squaresville series wait um, y-o-u-t-u-b-e uh, yeah, yeah no no t-o-o-b yeah okay tube um but a... but you know it's like a ghost world uh freaks right. and geeks slice slice of life show nice and i would go into meetings right because it got a little bit of heat and people were like so you're a dude Wait, well, remind me the answer to the question. The why you did uh, the, Yeah, so the reason I, I made a, a female coming of age slice of life web series is because I was working at Comedy Central at the time. And I was like, what's a thing I can make that I want to make that's interesting and there's an audience that's underserved for that also uh, Comedy Central won't be mad at me for making, basically. Oh, that's cool. And then they picked up Broad City, so... Which is so good. <laughs> so good. I guess when I think of Squaresville, I know it's like kind of a distant, there's a distance between them, but like, I don't know, I think of like Ghost World a little bit, you know? Yeah, um, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. There's and, Yeah, two know. teen girls and there's... Sarcastic. There's something like extra biting about it when, I don't know, when it's a girl. I, sure. I don't know. That like, it's less expected that they'll be kind of... Very rude to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but back to the point though, like when you take meetings and it's like you don't, exactly resemble your protagonist people are confused by it at mm-hmm. first yeah yeah how did that um because you know ultimately you sold your film how did you kind of um navigate that honestly nobody said anything until like later until we finished the movie no one questioned it um which i actually kind of thought was weird uh, <laughs> like everybody i trust you yeah like um and i don't know i guess it's just like i write i think i write male characters better Mm -hmm. Bo Burnham talked a lot about this in in interviews he did but like yeah just like I I mean it's the same we share human characteristics and feelings and themes so it's like it doesn't matter necessarily the physical body that it's in Mm -hmm. it's like we can all relate to certain things and sometimes it's just easier for me to write it for somebody who doesn't look like me you know Um, and I have a lot of male friends who like write female characters a lot better than i do for sure that's so funny yeah i used to say that uh steven spielberg has never been a shark (laughs) and then a writer once said to me yeah you can tell that's just the best joke ever we've been friends ever since yeah Um, (laughs) no but i do think it's interesting because it's like like bo burnham's answer right is like while i was thinking of like who what person is like in the most awkward phase of their life and he's like yeah. a girl in eighth yeah. grade, right? Yeah. Um, and so for you, you're like, and when I close my eyes and picture like the person who's like least equipped. It's like sad to, and 
Like the opposite of charming, Unmoored, right? And confident. You think of Orin and I, basically. Yeah. <laughs> guy, dudes, 30-something-year-old well, dudes. now that I've met you guys. Two podcasters takes place in a watercress farm and a sushi restaurant. Yeah. Um, I'd watch it. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about financing and yeah. how, how you found the cash to make your movie? Yeah, you know, I was literally sending emails to anyone and everyone looking back like I was, you know, obviously very green. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll always there will always be things I don't know. But now, like having done it once, I feel like I know a lot more. And like looking back, it's like sometimes I like read some of my old emails and it's so cringy. That's like I have to like I just like slam my laptop shut. Yeah. It's like I was reaching out to friends family friends of family like you know Mm -hmm. just anybody being like here's my pitch like have you ever wanted to be a part of a movie and you know like sometimes that works and you'd already done the proof of concept or no No, this was before this was before the proof of concept what are you sending them that's a great that's how the proof of concept came about how much did you want to raise for the proof of concept i didn't i didn't have like an amount to raise for the sizzle reel it was just like whatever we can get you know let's uh and it was like it was from a group of investors who also invested in the feature. Like we mm-hmm. built that into the mm-hmm. the feature, you know. Right. And um, so, so were they? Were you striking out and realized like, oh, I need to add a little strike. a little sizzle? Oh, there we go. Striking yeah. out. Yeah. Um, Spare us. No the bowling puns. Okay. Yeah. Actually, we had some of those <laughs> names as uh, titles before we chose when Jeff tried to save the world. Um, I had a lookbook, a very intense lookbook that I spent so long on it. It's constantly changed. It's just like like 20 pages, very visual. You know, I was like, this is like, I spent so much time on it. You know, like my like keynote. Was it funny? Uh, No. But the movie's a comedy, right? The movie's a dramedy. Okay. More of a drama than a comedy. So no, it wasn't funny. (laughs) Um, And then I made a sizzle reel just because I was like, I know what this looks like and I just need to find clips and put it together. And I was sending the lookbook with the sizzle reel and the script and my pitch in an email. Um, And then I met like a producer who gave me a list of like key connects. He worked at a company that was like up and coming at the time. They started Bond It. Mm -hmm. It's like a financing, a debt gap financing company are they part of like a conglomerate of a couple yes like like buffalo eight that is the company yeah yeah yes so like i i don't even remember i think i just like found that they help with like line items like Uh budgeting and stuff so i was like i don't really know how to do this so i sought out um one of the main guys there matthew his help and he sort of was guiding me for the beginning like first two years of making this movie Mm -hmm. um and no money has like exchanged hands or anything like that it's nope. just like hey you've got a good relationship with this person you're shooting emails back and forth i think yeah i mean we might have honestly i think we had some seed money to pay them mm-hmm. for like because they they charge for mm-hmm. like certain things and right. i th- i'm pretty sure we did pay them so yeah i mean i'd imagine that like it's difficult to do anything like that without money but sure. we had a little bit that we paid them money. but i mean he was really helpful and sort of like mentored me a little bit towards the beginning gave me a list of contacts um none of them really ever came through but it was mm-hmm. like i got the practice of reaching out to people oh, and talking to people did you call them or email them or email both? email only i didn't call anybody i didn't have numbers or anything and then through a friend of a friend she she mentioned that her friend was starting uh an investor an angel investor group in chicago 
So I was like, oh, that's a great inn for me. It's Chicago and we want to shoot it there. So I got in touch with this guy and um, they were like, we're doing our first meeting with all of the members. And this, it was at the time like seven members. Now I think it's up to like 50 plus. <laughs> and, you know, all these people who just have money and want to sure. invest in films and be a part of films. Can you describe like the types of people that are in this angel investor group? Or is it like rich dentists? Is the, I think the it's joke? a common, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's funny, yeah. Right. I think it's like yeah, lawyers, um, real estate people. Your dad people. is the dentist. Yeah, my dad's the <laughs> sure. dentist. Then he gets an EP credit on the film, also. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but no, he didn't put money in, but he did the crowns for all the everyone's actors. teeth. Really, for sure, awesome. for yeah, sure. Yeah, he great. actually. My mom's also. She's an orthodontist. Mm. Oh wow! She was like, she's real. Yeah, straight. she was like, can we get John to like um, come in and like do Invisalign so I can take photos and like use it? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't know if he's gonna want to do that your mom's pitching branded content yeah so like i was really i remember i this was also like a winter break in college at some point i was super sick i had the i had a really bad cold and sinus uh infection and i flew to chicago in like the winter in the middle of winter to go pitch to them Mm -hmm. for like two days um and i like the the pressure on the flight was so bad with my sinus infection that like one year, I, I was like deaf for two days. Whoa. Like, I've never experienced anything like this. Let me ask, what took two days? Like in I mean, of- I went to Chicago for two days. Gotcha. I only pitched for like for an me. hour. Gotcha, okay. 45 yeah. minutes. I was like, boy. <laughs> but I mean, like my parents are like, stay, yeah, yeah, you know. Sure. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was. I pitched to them in, in a room, 10 was people like maybe at the a top. a bunch of people pitching their movies or just you? It was a bunch of people pitching their movies. I want to say like maybe... Th- Three to five, not a bunch, but a three to five. Did so you was hold this... a stick of dynamite? Was that part of your thing? <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Let's but um, um, I, I remember vividly was in some, I want to say like a really pretty bank building, like mm-hmm. at the top floor, like skyscraper in Chicago, and it was like a blizzard outside. Oh, that's cool. It was cool. Everyone was yeah. wearing suits. I was like, yeah. oh, this is intense. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that nervous though, and that was like my only real pitch pitch meeting for this. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I did, I skipped pitches. Like I didn't have to, I didn't do that a lot. Like I pitched it, you know, talking mm-hmm. more of like conversationally, but sure. like my investors are like, there's like a couple family friends. There was that invest, uh, angel investor group, which I pitched to. Um, there was people we met, we had like drinks with, you know, mm-hmm. it was not like formal pitch meetings. Like I wasn't going to studios yeah. or anything. I think that's pretty common. Frankly, yeah. Like I think like the, the pitch pitch thing is kind of, well, it's certainly a lot in TV you get it, right? And you have to do the talking about right. show over and over again. But I don't, I think there's a lot of like casual drinks and showing your passion and all of that stuff, right? You had to pitch John, I'm sure, but it's really just like sell someone on the vision, not like picture this, right. you know? What's craziest is, did you find that the people that are putting in the smallest amount of money want the most of your time? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have a friend that's like, I'm thinking of putting $500 and let's go out to like seven meals. I'm like, I'm literally spending more money than you want to put in on yeah. these meals. On meals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, no, no, absolutely. I feel like that's just in. how it always is. So after that angel round though, things kind of started to fall into place, right? Were they the first money sort in? Sort of. Or no? Um, it took, it was so many years of working on that, that mm-hmm. it's like, I've like, it's all a blur. It did not f- all fall into place. So mm-hmm. like we got a little money from them, but they were like, oh, we'll give you more. Like if this works out, if this works out, you know, mm-hmm. like 
like if you get the rest of it we'll give we'll give you this you know it was a lot of like contingent sure. on certain things so it was like sure. a, just a catch-22 situation and we we're still you know putting the cast together and stuff and and the main thing was i was in school so my only time to shoot a feature without taking off was the summer right so it was like try, every summer would go by and i wouldn't have everything that i needed cast money whatever it was so i was trying to be productive and like my sophomore year, like summer after sophomore year, I didn't have what I needed. So I like brought six Chapman friends to Michigan mm -hmm. for the summer, like for like a week. And we made like a pretty much like zero budget feature together as practice. Like and no one's seen it, but it's Will anyone? Maybe like later in the future. Yeah, I'm yeah. in it. I like, acted Like once in you're it. famous, you mean? Like it can be a DVD extra. Like, yeah, yeah, DVD. yeah sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. I acted in it. It's yeah. not great. Um, you directed it too? I did, yeah. I don't know if I'd That's ever cool. do that again. Um, not really an actress, but I was like, we don't really have people. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'll just do it. In a um, weird way, it's just easier. Yeah, yeah. 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 I tried to do Joe Swanberg it. Yeah, yeah. You guys know Joe Swanberg? Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, he was over here before you. Really? No. Oh, I was like, <laughs> wait, wait really? <laughs> um, you got yeah, real excited. There was a time, no, I mean, there was a time where like in college like i i loved him like i went through yeah. all of his filmography like drinking buddies was like my favorite movie for a while i still really do like drinking buddies um i'm also like a huge jake johnson fan like oh, he's, gotcha. he thinks so he's a great perfect. actor yeah. yeah um and like i'm that's like top of my list to work with somebody yeah. like him but like so anyways i tried to mumblecore feature mm -hmm. Didn't love it, you know, it was like not great for me, but like I tried it and it was practice and I was like, we could show this to investors, never showed it to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Right. Then the following summer, I was like, we still don't have what we need. Maybe we should, people were telling me I was reading about whiplash mm -hmm. and like, I was like, maybe we should make a short, you know? So we, we condensed the feature beginning, middle and end mm -hmm. 22 page script, 20 page script ended up being 22 minutes short, way too long. Um, that played at like three festivals and then it, that did the job because, um, did the festival play make a difference or was it really, you yeah, just needed to show that? I mean, that? not really financially, but like in other ways, connections. Mm -hmm. right. Um, did you win any cool, any festivals? We, I mean, note? we premiered it at Sarasota, um, which is also where we premiered the feature, which I love oh, Sarasota. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we took it Have to. Have you been there in Sarasota? I haven't. No. It's yeah. really fun. Have you been? No, yeah, Matt's been to an, a lot of festivals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We yeah. took the feature to to like fifteen, and they were Fun. awesome, yeah. like awesome regional festivals. What was your favorite one? Um, I think Sidewalk. Oh, I've been to Sidewalk in Sidewalk. Birmingham, yeah, Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. I think their deadline is like coming. I've got a short that I'm kind of like you should submit it. Yeah, for really? sure. Oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe I will. The regional festival thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's special, right? Because it kind of reminds you of like yeah why you're in the game. Totally. And, like you know, it's very communal. And, yeah. Like everyone's doing it because they love movies, not because there's going to be like a huge bidding war or something. Right. You know. Yeah, and we like. I mean, of course, of course, we. Well, are we getting into festivals now? Sure, sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. Of course we submit um to Sundance and Tribeca whatever. Um because why not? You know, you made a film and if you have the 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 budget, why not submit it and just say that you submitted it cuz you should exhaust all options if you can. Yeah. The, to me the question always is the movie we just stopped, finished filming the Sundance deadline is in 3 weeks. Like should we race to get it right. into yeah. the deadline? I mean the answer is just build your schedule around the yeah, Sundance deadline. Because exactly. the nice thing about the Sundance deadline is it's the first, you know, so you kind of it December? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We it might even be earlier. No, yeah, actually, actually I think yeah. it was October or November. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. 
um we like we're just like let's just do a sundance version you know because mm-hmm. like they they take works in progress right we didn't end up working out but that's okay i think you know had we ever gotten into sundance or a festival of that top tier we would have been lost you know Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't have been fun whereas like this is my first feature and the experience making it was mostly so much fun like the Mm -hmm. best 18 days of my life were production on this film um you know had it been like a stressful sundance experience i might have felt differently but like being kind of the big fish with john Uh, at regional festivals and he came to like six of them perfect yeah yeah. yeah, he was awesome. He was a great, great sport. Um, and then most of my cast actually came to the Newport Beach one because the, we were close, yeah. you know. But, um, you know, just because of that, that we were treated really well. And, like, that's kind of how I expected. Like, you work so hard to make a feature. Like, I want film festivals to reward sure. me, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I want a free room at a charming yeah. ski town. <laughs> Fly me out, put me up, and I'll be there for yeah, sure. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it was, I mean, also like festivals understand that like you spent so much money sure. out of your own pocket, I'm sure making this movie, like sometimes it's yeah. nice when they help you out. Um, do you have any other favorite festivals from that tour? Yeah. I loved Heartland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, so, so Sarasota, I have to go in order. Sarasota, IFF Boston's really fun. It doesn't have like a ton of events for filmmakers, but just like the screenings are cool. Heartland is great. Twin Cities is great. Mm-hmm. I was treated like royalty there. It was insane. Tallgrass in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. Sidewalk, Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, Bentonville in uh, Arkansas. That's a newer one. It's like, like going on a real specific part of the country. Yeah. Yeah. That's going on its fifth year, I think, and it's all about like supporting women and minorities. Okay. Um, that's cool. And it was great. It was in the place where, like, I mean, that's the town where Wal- Walmart was uh-huh. uh, started. So the Waltons are there, and oh, they cool. like you know sure. heavily support the festival. Yeah, yeah. And Gina Davis like co-founded it. Yes, I have heard. And of she's there, festival. and yes. all the time she's fully involved. She's a part of everything. It's which her, is really her cool. bow and arrow. It's her festival. Yeah, yeah. She headlines it. Yeah, yeah. It's she really did cool. the math on exactly how to <laughs> yeah, time it. Right. Yeah. Um, um, she sets up the the screens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's calibrating everything. Yeah, my movie played Heartland, but I didn't go. No, it was cool. The guys who run that festival do a good job. John won. Oh, I won something at Heartland. Mm-hmm. John won at Twin Cities, like cool. best performance or something. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, you know, we were honored. It was sure. it was a really fun time. Um, and so, when does Gunpowder and Sky kind of step in and like? Which I don't yeah. know if we said on the mic yet that they're oh, your distributor. Me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Gunpowder and Sky is our distributor. Um, actually, before most of those festivals, we already okay. had. Yeah, I mean, like it wasn't like they were really at the festivals we went to because you know those are smaller festivals, not a lot of. Mm-hmm. Distri- Every once in a while, you'll meet somebody who works at a fest or works at a distribution company, but isn't there for the company. It's just there for fun or something. Right. Um, I had my producer and I were friends with this guy who we actually met when we premiered our short at Sarasota, which is why Uh, I said things came from that. Interesting. He was then at the time when like after our first two festivals, I think, or our first festival, um, actually, honestly, it might've been right before our first festival, Sarasota. Um, he was consulting with gunpowder and sky and he's like, can I send your movie? Mm -hmm. And he did. And they liked it. So that was cool. And they reached out to us and we're like, um, I mean, we honestly, we didn't have any other offers, so... Sure. You know, so you we didn't like, have a sales agent or anything? No. I mean, we were considering it, but we didn't have the budget. And if I'm being, like, perfectly honest, like, I will... 
a filmmaker right now that I've been listening to a lot is Jim Cummings, uh-huh, Thunder sure. Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been on yeah, podcast. You should okay. podcast. It's pretty good. Yeah, I met him <laughs> this year at Sundance, yeah. and he he's a good guy. He's funny, um, but like you know, his tweets like he tweets a lot of things, um, and like take it or leave it. But I think he mostly has a lot of good things to say, and something that he stands by is self distribution. Sure, and all I'll say is after my experience. I will definitely be contemplating self-distributing my next film. And I wish I had heard him say that before I said yes. Let me recommend um, our Liz Manischel episodes. Liz works at the Sundance Creative Distribution Fellowship um, and has been on the show a handful of times, I think, and is a great resource for that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'll check that out. And obviously it's kind of like working working to bring uh, more transparency to people who are interested in in Transparency is a great word because... That there's not a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sucks. Copy you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you one tip? I might have mentioned it on the podcast before, but something I learned after my movie, you know, who basically got screwed over financially on it, was that, um, like, whatever deal you make with a distributor, it should always be like a net, like a, a split of the net profits mm-hmm. as opposed to the gross profits. So, like. Basically, what every distributor will do is they'll take your movie, then they'll like cut a trailer, and they'll sure. make a zillion DVDs or streams or languages. They'll spend a shitload of money. And they'll give it to like all their friends, companies that they work with all the time, and then they'll be like, "Hey, we spent, we're, we lost movie on your film, and you won't get anything." Yeah, and they have no incentive to not spend money because you're they're only paying you out of what money is left after all the spending they have. Right. But if you make a deal where it's like, "Hey," We're going to share in the spendings and share in the profits. So whatever's left, um, we'll split 50-50 instead of 90-10 or whatever ridiculous deal you think you're getting. Um, then you have like a chance of making money, which is totally. something that I learned from our distribution company, Arc Entertainment, who's like screwed over many a filmmaker. For sure. Um, and the CFO there literally was like, I was like, what did we do wrong here? Like the movie yeah. made like one and a half million dollars and right. we got like thirty thousand dollars how right like, and it cost how much did the hammer cost like seven seven hundred yeah yeah so like yeah like we should have been in we could have been yeah. broken even yeah um but so frustrating yeah and he's like honestly your deal is just not good because he's like we have zero incentive like they when my movie came out they like our biggest deal was at walmart like they were selling the dvd and they made like that was a prize from Bentonville top film like the the oh, winner oh. of the festival that on all shelves all Walmart's wow yeah I mean it used to be a thing I think yeah. maybe yeah. still I'm it's sure still, that it definitely huge, still huge is huge maybe amounts, not yeah. for us filmmakers in LA but right, like right. for sure in a majority of places. I still buy DVDs I do yeah. too but not at Walmart right sure <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah. they're like they'll make like eighty thousand DVDs and they'll charge you like seven dollars yeah. per dvd made so that's already like yeah if you want half a million dollars like i have well 30, downstairs. i don't have thirty thousand, but i have saying. like 300 and yeah. even I'll getting those 300 was like hard to get from yeah. the distribution company and they charge you to ship them to walmart and then when they don't sell they charge you to ship them back and so you spent like eleven dollars <gasps> per copy of your movie or something yeah. and then the company's like oh yeah we lost a ton of money on your movie and you're like well you're the idiots that made all sure. these dvds sure. yeah i mean i think Gunpowder and Sky is smarter than that for sure. Yeah, yeah. and they don't do... I mean, that... Nowadays, I think you just spend a lot less money on 
physically creating yeah. materials. Sure, but there's still like a lot of um, deliverables that are kind oh, of boilerplate. Yes. That right. you uh, can NTSC, negotiate out of. Right, yeah. Like, four by three, center like cuts. You don't need Portuguese subtitles unless you've sold to a uh, Portuguese speaking, speaking country. Do yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Well, that should be covered hopefully by your international. Sure, but oftentimes it's not. And it's easy to, you know, that's the thing Liz always talks about is like all, oh, right. all of that stuff can be bespoke and should be because it costs the filmmaker money on the, yeah. you know. And one thing I'll say that I've learned from this experience is that like there's a certain amount of like respect that like filmmakers deserve. And that's why I'm so interested in exploring self-distribution because I am always going to be the one who cares the most about my film. Mm-hmm. No, no matter who the distribution company is, like it's just it's it's me who wants yeah. it and knows what's best for it. Um, so if you're not getting that level of respect, which I feel like I know how I know the size of my movie. It's my first feature. It's it's not a huge film, right. but I'm very proud of it. But I also know like to the extent of like how it'll do on iTunes or, you know, should it be in theaters? Probably not. I mean, it's not, there's not going to be a, a huge audience to right. go see it. So like I was very, and still am very like understanding with the size of and, and type and the caliber of the film that it is when I talk to my distributors. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel that I've gotten the respect that like I not as green as some might think. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that that's a big, con of the experience for me was like feeling sort of disrespected in that Mm -hmm. sense you know yeah but why do you think the filmmakers deserve respect like from the distributor (laughs) (laughs) no because honestly i mean obviously we're all filmmakers and we all respect ourselves and respect each other we love filmmakers well here's what i'll say their their point of view the distributor is like we're doing money. them a favor. We're doing this filmmaker. Sure. No one's going to see this movie. We're okay. putting it in stores. Like they well, should be thanking us. <laughs> transparency. Back to transparency. So if that's the case, say it. Mm-hmm. If it's, did you guys see that that creative distribution Sundance article that came out of like every distribution company, what they look for? Mm-hmm. So if you Was say that Liz's article, I think so. It yeah, might be. Yeah. yeah, it's great. I mean, it's I mean, super. There's helpful. only three people in the company. So yeah. <laughs> if you say you're looking for filmmakers to create relationships with then you better create a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, um, and not be disrespectful. Not because be disrespectful. that doesn't create a relationship with the filmmaker. Like, I'm not going to bring you my next film, you know? Right. Can I ask, um, how has your life changed? Right? Like, right, because there's obviously, like, a lot of things that are, are always going to be disappointing, right? Not always, but, like, Sometimes you can be disappointed by the rollout of a film and you do things differently, right? But like in terms of the positive, like have things netted out for you? Was there like, you know, uh, any sort of uh, exposure that maybe you couldn't have gotten on your own? Or is it 100% you wish you just self-distributed? I mean, overall, what I got out of the film is like just a huge feeling of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Like my original intended vision five years ago is what is on film Mm -hmm. and or on digital i should say but um that's like you know for me like it was a little bit of a boost of confidence because like we filmmakers are you know i'm sure there's a lot of self-doubt you know like i i'm constantly like oh my god am i meant to do this and then like i watched something i did and and i'm actually proud of it and i'm like oh yeah like i am meant to do this i mean i immediately knew what i would do differently Mm -hmm. but that's with every project you know um and i think the best thing i got out of this film 
um, a little exposure, sure, but nothing. I mean, I never had any real, like I had a couple calls from agents and stuff, but that was it. I mean, nothing came to fruition. I got a manager, um, but it was my cast. It was the relationships with my cast Mm -hmm. and which I actually like didn't know I would get out of it. And I don't know, you know, if it'll ever be exactly the same again, but like we were shooting 10 minutes down the road from my childhood home. So every night the cast would come back to my house my dad would grill for us mm-hmm. we played board games john and i watched movies like he showed me movies i had never seen that i definitely should have seen he showed me the shining like for the first time like it's an experience yeah. i'll always be able to he, we watched so blades funny. of glory together also which is crazy and like was, me not me me double yeah me double, no that's double. exactly what it was that is exactly how they how it went and he is funny because like we have like a row of chairs will, will ferrell did all his own yeah yeah we have like a row of chairs and like a couch in front and he was we were all sitting like my crew from california that was staying at my house we were all sitting in the chairs behind and he was sitting in the couch in front of us like looking up at the screen like pointing up to himself and we were all just like watching him like this is so weird so weird but Um, so funny yeah and then also like I'm just like close with my cast and then Steve Berg, who I've mentioned a couple of times, is my writing partner. Now we're writing a movie together where we're working on a TV show that he's in. Um, and he's an and, actor that's in your movie. Yes. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, and just like got a great friendship out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and John and I are writing a, a horror film together. Oh, right on. Yeah. So... Uh, so what is your, like, tell us about your schedule now. Are you like eight to 12, right with John? One no. To oh my five, God. Right with- Writing with John doesn't exist. It's phone calls. I write. We'll get together every once in a while. But he's like, you know, he's busy with his kids. That's why I was talking to him today. I was like, dude, what, like, when are we talking? Like, it, he, it's a very slow moving process with him. With Steve, it's a little easier. He actually lives like maybe 10 houses down from me. My daily schedule. Um, I work, I started working like when I got back from Chicago after making the movie, finished like the festival circuit. I was like, what am I going to do while I figure out my next project? I want to do something that's like unrelated to film, mm-hmm. um, but doesn't take up too much of my time and right. still allows me to be creative and have the energy to be creative. And I have never had a service industry job. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, I need to do something. I work at like, I sit on my laptop at brew all the time. I was like, I'm going to work at this coffee shop. So, so funny. Wait, started, so do you, do you get to sit on your laptop behind the counter? No, but I, days that I don't, I only work there like two, three days a week. I was like, I need my schedule to work out so that I can like go shoot commercials. And she's so flexible with my schedule. She like loves it. So she's letting me go shoot a commercial in like two weeks. I mean, obviously if we were to ever interfere with that, I'd have to ditch it. But that's why I like it. And I've met so many cool people. I met Sam there. Well, I knew Sam from Maya and I knew who he was from Maya and Anna. But um, I met Sam Spiegelman. Spiegelman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him there. I mean, I met so many people and gotten great stories and characters from it, which was like kind of why I wanted Mm -hmm. to do it. Sure. Um, so like, yeah, when I'm not working at the coffee shop, I'm working on my laptop, writing with Steve. Steve comes over, you know, a couple times a week. We're working on a lot of things together. We, he and I like are very similar people and we just like bounce each, like we could be working on this film and they get like super far. And then all of a sudden we come up with a different idea and we just totally put it aside. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know that's how like productive Jordan it is. That's the Jordan Peele style of writing. He said like, just write whatever you're excited about. Like yeah. that's why he said get out. It took him like 10 years to yeah. write. Sure. Well, um, he was making a TV show, and, uh, and it was whatever. so good. Yeah. Um, 
How are you getting commercials? So, like, what are your like what are your gigs like? I mean, I've really just started. Like, just started. Like, I did um, six spots for Walgreens. That was like my first thing. Oh, cool. How'd um, you get? So, my producer Shane, who's based out of Chicago, just started like producing for, or has been for a little bit, producing for Strange Loop, a production company in Chicago. They do music videos, commercials, um, shorts, documentaries. And so they were like, let's give Kendall the chance. And they did. And we we made a music video together first. And then we did the Walgreens stuff. And I'm doing another, I'm doing a grocery store spot for them, which I'm like, eh. you know, like a commercial is a commercial. I love, like a cool commercial for me is like the Super Bowl Pepsi Cardi B Steve Carell commercial. Like I thought sure. that was, I mean, obviously that's like a huge commercial, but I thought that was cool. Like to get to a point where I can kind of put my own style on things. These have all been like written for me already and given to me. I know the commercial world already and I'm not a huge fan of it. Like I don't like rules. I like to be my own person. I don't like to answer to clients. Um, but I'm okay doing it for like a week or two at a time, sure. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the best part is that like, even if you hate the job, it's over it's, pretty soon. Yeah. And like <laughs> what it's doing for me is besides like putting money in my pocket is fulfilling that itch of being on set. And I'm working with my DP from my feature on this upcoming one. So it's like, you know, it's a nice little reunion. Yeah. I also, I feel like you get, uh, the big toys, you know? And so you get to kind of like cherry pick like, Oh, I want to make sure I have this thing totally. on the small thing that I'm doing later. You know, I'm filming this thing on Friday where the main shot is like two houses next to each other. So like pretty much as wide of a wide shot as you can get without doing like landscape stuff. And my DP is like, I got the lights for us and we're getting this thing. It's called, I think it's called a BB light. Mm -hmm. It's um, like three 18 Ks on a crane has like a generator built into it. And he's like, and, and the producer's like, are you crazy? Like, we, we didn't think you need any lights. We have like no money for lighting. You're just filming the outside of two houses. Um, and he's like, well, look, if I get this, I can cut like three electrics and two grips because the whole thing is like it's the self-contained yeah. That's unit. Cool. Yeah, the Jenny, we can get a way smaller Jenny. And I don't know. So, um, but yeah, like on an indie film, you never get like no one of those things. Not um, at all. But yeah, you get to m- mess around. I don't know. Jordan Brady, I was just listening to his podcast yesterday and he talks about how on commercials the director is kind of like you're kind of like a tool of the agency you're the middle <laughs> of the sandwich yeah yeah you're like there to take this thing that they've been working on forever and trying to bring it to life and yeah the which, way that you are happy with but that they hoped for you for know? sure and i'm like really good at doing that i'm a people pleaser like i'm totally know how to talk to people in that position um the gatekeepers if you will but like i hate it but I'm just like super good. Like the other day they were like, you know, talk about this product and like how excited you are and passionate you are. It's like, this is absolutely not true, but I can totally BS my like uh, sure. four paragraphs of this, you know, and I'm good at that. So I, I'm, I can, I can do it. It's fine. Yeah. My, my production company, they're like, just find a personal story to start your find treatment with. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I just, I have like no connection to lemonade or whatever. No, it, was, it wasn't Lemonade. It was like about college tuition. I was like, yeah. So I just like wrote a paragraph about like how I paid for college. And they're like, perfect. I'm like, okay, well, it's not like interesting. I'd never tell anyone the story, <laughs> but sure. It's like a, yeah. a, a, a personal connection. And then I got the job. There so. you go. Uh, well, Kendall, this is great. Um, where can um, listeners find out more about you? How can they keep track of all of the awesome stuff you're making? Social media, or I guess like my website, because that sure. has 
material and my social media on it. So it's all in one. It's just my first and last name, films.com. So kendallgoldbergfilms.com. Two L's in Kendall? Yeah, K-E-N-D-A-L-L, Goldberg. How many Uh, people think that you're a guy? Um... It happens every once in a while. And especially like if it's to my advantage of being a female in an email, I'll specify. I'll be like, yeah, I'm a female filmmaker, you know? Because like now everyone's like, yeah, female filmmakers. I'm like, yes, I am a female filmmaker. There you go. I mean, I'm a filmmaker, but like when it helps to specify or I'll attach a little photo or something. Well, the very first time (laughs) I saw your name, I was like, I feel like I know a couple other Kendalls that are guys. I don't, I I know, I know two guy candles i know like four girl candles there's like a wine company right candle jackson yeah Kendall oh, jackson. Right. Mm-hmm. maybe that's what was in my, i have a good friend named mind. jackson so we make that joke yeah <laughs> that's oh halloween costume yeah, idea right yeah, we can great. be a bottle of wine um <laughs> yeah. but yeah like just my website your website perfect yeah awesome um well shall we jump into unpaid endorsements yeah let's yes. do it unpaid endorsements well i watched two things on hulu recently but they kind of reminded me of something i saw forever ago and i also just had a conversation about that I don't think I've endorsed yet. But I watched uh, Sorry to Bother You. It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. It was it was good. I was expecting to be like bowled over. And actually, this other podcast, Making Movies is Hard, Timothy like was talking about how it was made by someone that hadn't really made a lot of movies before. And so he like broke all the rules. And I was like, yeah, that's probably what makes it awesome. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, I can kind of see mm-hmm. where that opinion came from. It, it's good. I think it's you should watch it, especially if you have Hulu. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was, it was interesting. I thought it like kind of sagged a little in the middle, but totally, <laughs> um, but oh, it, boy. but it's a, but it's a fun movie and super like original and creative and like wacky in an interesting way. And I saw free solo, which, you know, on the Oscar crazy movie, which I probably heard way too much of what it was about before I saw it. Cause I kind of felt like I saw every turn coming, but it reminded me of, have you guys seen Psalm? Oh, the yeah, wine sure, one. Yeah. yeah, the wine documentary. Yeah. yeah. Kind of no, older, I haven't seen but it, but they're literally screening it at Chapman tonight, and I oh, got like, oh. an email. Yeah. It is like a, probably one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, and it's just about oh. wine tasting. Have I, I haven't endorsed it. I don't think so, no. Yeah. Um, but it rem- reminded me when you were telling Kendall about how every summer would come by, and you're like, oh, I missed this summer, and I have to wait another year. And it's like about these guys that have to take the, that are trying to become master sommeliers, and they have, there's one time a year you can take this test, and if you don't pass it, it's like, another year where you yeah. can't, you know, your life is ruined. That's one of those um, movies that like, you're just so happy for the filmmaker that all of the characters work out so well. Like there's a perfect villain in that movie and there's like the heroes are great underdogs and it's like, it would be easy to start shooting that movie and be like, well, there's not really a movie here, you know? Yeah. Like the subject is really interesting, but the characters that fill out that world are great. Yeah. So I bet most, many of our listeners are aware of this movie, but if you've heard of it, you should see it. Some, I think it's on Netflix, S-O-M-M-E. It was Once Upon a Time. I think there might be sequels as well. Yes, there is a sequel coming out. So I think oh, it's worth, is that right? And there was a movie called Sour Grapes that I heard is also amazing, which is about someone who made like a real crappy wine and basically convinced everyone that it's like the most incredible wine in the world. Like <laughs> it's worth like hundreds of dollars a bottle. Like, that makes me um, think of that episode of Parks and Rec where they're like looking for a sommelier. So how do you say it? Sommelier. sommelier. Yeah. Tom, you know what I'm talking about? Do you guys see I, I don't remember this episode. No. Tom is like looking for a sommelier for his bistro that he's opening. And Billy Eichner, who plays like crazy Craig, yeah, yeah. it's like really, really good, but like very intense. And then Aubrey Plaza's character, April is like, doesn't know anything, but she pretends that she knows everything about it and signs up and like 
convinces them to like mix red and white wine and make a rosé <laughs> like yeah which is famously not how you make That's rose. Not how you no. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Kendall, what do you got? Yeah. So, um, and this is just like anything, right? Anything. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend recently take me to try what I think might be the best breakfast burrito I've ever tried. Oh, okay. Mm. All um, right. Especially listening. in Los Angeles. I'm ready. Because um, I, I always seek that out. Uh-huh. Originally, I was, I was living the Oaks Gourmet uh-huh. life on Franklin. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And breakfast burritos. Oh. Yeah, their oh, bacon egg burrito is incredible. So I have, I'm very passionate about breakfast burritos, but I'm vegetarian. Oh, so okay. it's a slightly different okay. list, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, this place was called it's called Kofax. Fuck yes. On it Fairfax. The best. That oh, was the right answer. Oh my god. Oh man, <laughs> I, it is so good. I've been thinking about Wait, it Fairfax for four days. Um I don't know. like what, like like third Beverly, yeah, right? kind of like by John and Vinny's and okay, Golden yeah, State and all those he was yeah. driving. C O L F A X. No, Cofax. C O F A X. Yes, but uh, yeah, that yeah. was it incredible. Yeah. Oh my god! And then the other thing that I will endorse, um, I am biased because I, Maya and Anna are in my movie and I love them. But Pen Fifteen, I heard somebody already did this, but I'm gonna say it because Pen Fifteen is such a great show. I binged it in like a week, I think. I would have watched it all in one day if I had the time. Mm-hmm. But like, they're just f- fucking phenomenal in it. It's so good. It's so funny. I mean, it's so cringy and like relatable and like makes me think of all the worst memories of middle school, which is honestly the best to think about now that I'm like actually like, <laughs> like a, I'm my fine. own person and confident <laughs> and like know what I'm doing with my life. But um, no, they're so good. Like, and it, not only is it so funny, but like, there was a moment. I think it was the episode, yeah, because I texted Maya about this. Like, there's an episode about racism, and like, these girls are being mean to Maya for being Asian and looking the way that she looks. And she like looks at herself in the mirror. It's like a close up on her looking at herself in the mirror, like yelling at herself for look for being Asian and just like crying. And I was like, oh my god, I started crying watching. I was like, this is so good. Like, it's really just sh- they're yeah. I hope their careers skyrocket from that i think I they have, are i have a hunch yeah yeah, all yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah no it's great yeah. to see that it's getting the respect that it yeah, deserves yeah. especially within the industry a lot of comedians tweeting about it and yeah. stuff yeah, yeah yeah the person that endorsed it on our podcast is the head of like tv at shondaland so, oh wow yeah that's and, and amazing was as emphatic as you are that's amazing yeah, yeah. Um, oh i yeah, love that i just watched an episode with my, i haven't i've only seen this one episode but my wife's like do you want to just like watch an episode with me it was like, like the first episode, she's like, no, just like the one I'm on. The third? No. The masturbation I know, I heard one? the third okay. one again, but we watched the thong one. Oh, it was, like, it was incredible. Yeah. It was it's so, so funny. simple, but yeah. like so, did you They're watch so it? Good. I, I'm not that far oh, into it, yeah. Basically just and like, I guess that's the age where girls start wearing thongs, yeah. and like when you put the thong on, it's yeah. like you're like a different person. Yeah, <laughs> like a magical unicorn. But like, it's funny seeing them too, like have, after having like worked with them and hung out with them a bunch, like they're ultimately playing themselves like they have such great chemistry um between the two of them it's like just themselves Mm -hmm. i mean obviously dressed as like 13 year olds you know right they're really they're just really funny together the rest of the cast is just i mean the casting on that oh it's amazing yeah the mom on that thong episode is like who are you yeah and there's this lady poo oh yeah like this woman that doesn't have any teeth and I can't tell if she knows she's on a TV show or not. Oh, like, so um, good. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Matt, you got anything? Yeah. Yeah. I've got, um, 
kind of a, a specific and a kind of a general idea as well. So um, I follow this comic book artist named Jen Bartel, who uh, is kind of a big deal. She's like um, draws for a lot of awesome books and has like kind of like a, a Lisa Frank style Ooh. of like hyper uh, colorful sort of stuff. Brings and she's, me back to middle school. Yeah, yeah. Or actually elementary school. Yeah, but. but 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 then flip it around, it's updated. So it's like really cutting edge, really awesome stuff. Um, so it's always just nice to see her stuff kind of showing up in my Twitter feed. But more uh, pertinently, she's a real um, advocate for artists and constantly is talking about the different, um, you know, uh, facets of being a working illustrator. And it's uh, strikingly similar to being a freelance director, but just one step removed. And so I find it to be really inspiring and comforting and interesting to be, to see the the parallels and also kind of, you have a, a little bit of a view into a different world and maybe that informs the way you think about your own problems or life or whatever. Um, so in general, I would say Jen Bartel is uh, an incredible artist. Um, she's at Hey Jen Bartel on Twitter, but um, in general, just like follow a few other artists that you like, whether they're comics or writers or you know whatever. And if you can find a few people that are those figureheads, your Jim Cummings of the world, that are kind of talking about the issues that we're all thinking about all the time, that can be a real lightning rod to kind of assess the way you're you know thinking about your own life. I always joke, Jim is my favorite cult leader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's kind of like what's happening right now. Yeah. Same, I mean, the same thing, like I'm I'm always a Duplass fan. Like yeah, I've, yeah. I've been a Duplass fan since the puffy chair. Yeah. And like they're kind of the same way. They're building their own like empire without, of people. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, awesome. Um, Kendall, this was great. Yeah, um, thank you. This was really fun, guys. Yeah. I can't believe that this is the crazy thing about life. You know, maybe our paths have crossed too. We just don't know it. But like the fact if that you, you came at the in Starbucks Reserve, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> is that where you spend is, time? Their seating okay. is really comfortable. I totally agree. They also have a good natural light. Oh yeah, good. They have good yeah, natural light. Yeah. Yeah, Brew's got a good parking lot too. Brew has a decent parking lot and Brew great has, natural light. Well, yeah. Brew has good seats and not so good seats. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Remember when we went with Alric and I was just like in the sun the whole time? Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Especially because we just put new shelves on the wall and there's oh, like is that right? tables that are like under the shelves. Oh, that's yeah. No, Brew, I mean, if you want to go to a cool place, go to Brew. Yeah, Brew's a good place. I mean, the way. It, even spelt it's yeah. ridiculous <laughs> awesome well if you want to find out uh, about everything Kendall's doing and us as well um, you can go to the show notes at justshootitpod.com uh, you can follow us on all social media we're tweeting more and more every day follow us on Instagram especially that stuff is really fun at justshootitpod at justshootitpod it's all at justshootitpod I'm at Mr. Matt Enlow. and I'm uh, at Smitey Pileg on Twitter and at O Kaplan on Instagram I have a bunch of new Instagram followers because I worked with this like Instagram star and she like tagged me in her photos oh, and then I got like the best, a thousand right? new followers in like a day. <laughs> um, Influencers. This episode was edited by Jay McAuliffe. It was produced by Madeline Rosewatt and our webmaster is Ewan Williams. And the music you're listening to is from the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar. And if you're still listening, go to iTunes, leave us a review. That would be awesome. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye.